This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. Today's message is called God Helps. God Helps. There's a place in your bulletin and the back of your bulletin for you to follow along if you want to take notes and uh, encourage you to do so if, if that is helpful. Also, I want to point out that this Wednesday night, I'm going to be continuing our series called Turning Vision into Action. We are traveling through Nehemiah, and this particular message is called A Financial Vision for Your Life. Wherever you are financially, we can all take a step towards financial health. So I I believe this teaching is going to help uh, set your attention on that, and we're going to set our attention aright to uh, why we need to be more financially healthy. Isaiah chapter 44, starting with verse 1. But now listen, O Jacob, my servant Israel, whom I have chosen. This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you in the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. And that term Jeshurun means the upright one. It's a poetic word that God used in an affectionate way. For his chosen people. Verse 3. For I will pour out water on this thirsty land. And streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offsprings. And my blessing on your descendants. God helps. He's here to help us today. Let's pray together. Lord, we, we pray God that you would speak clearly through this message today. Lord, you, you were very clear when you, when you spoke to your people thousands of years ago in this passage, but you're speaking right now. You're speaking today to your people. So, Lord, I pray that we would have ears to hear everything you want to say. In Jesus' wonderful and precious name we pray. Amen. Well, there's no feeling like the feeling when you are helpless. Last Saturday, I felt that way. I decided to go ahead and have church service and I came up here to evaluate the parking lot and me and one of the other men in the church, Randy Roof, was here and he was shoveling out a, a little pathway from the parking lot to the front of the church. And we looked at the parking lot and it was covered with three to six inches of snow and we had two snow shovels. That is a helpless feeling. How in the world were we going to get this parking lot in any type of shape with two snow shovels. And as we stood there evaluating the situation, all of a sudden, up the church driveway, something so beautiful arrived. A backhoe. Never in my life did I think a piece of construction equipment would look so beautiful as when one of the men in our church brought a backhoe up and he spent several hours clearing the parking lot. You know, there's no feeling like feeling helpless. But there's also no feeling like when you feel helpless, an unexpected help arrives. Can I tell you something this morning? God wants to send unexpected help to your life. He wants to help you. It's His desire to do that. Some of you feel like you're buried. You're buried under problems that you've never anticipated. You feel cornered. You don't even know 
how to get out of the mess you're in. You don't know how to rearrange your life and you feel really stuck. I am here to remind you this morning. There is a God who not only is able to help you, He wants to help you. There's a God who is sending His help. And in this passage, that is clearly what God was trying to tell His people. At the end of chapter 43, we find God's people in a terrible, terrible situation. They were completely rebellious against the judgment of God. They didn't want to accept it. They didn't want to believe it. They were obnoxious in their rebellion. I want you to imagine... When you think of God's people and the state they were in at the end of chapter 43, imagine a rebellious teenager. For some of you, that's not a hard thing to imagine. But teenagers, and no offense to teenagers here because we've all been there before, teenagers sometimes have rebellion that has no reason to it. Here it is, their parents have provided them a home, have provided them food, have provided them clothes. And there's no sense of appreciation. There's no sense of understanding the gravity of what their parents have done for them. Instead, they are just unreasonably disobedient. They are unreasonably rebellious. It doesn't even make sense. That's exactly how God's people were. They were rebellious and it did not even make sense. There was no reason for them to be rebellious when they had such a great God who had proven himself over and over and over again. You've probably been in a situation like this before. Have you ever been at a sporting event or a concert and you're sitting in the midst of a big crowd and you see somebody you know, either somebody you want to say hello to or somebody you have a seat saved? And you're trying to get their attention. And you're looking right at them. And perhaps they're looking right in the section. But because so many people around you, they cannot see you. And you're waving your arms. And you're saying, over here! Over here! Can you see me over here? And yet, even though they're looking right in the section you're at, they can't even see you. When I think about verse 1, That's exactly, exactly the way I see God. Look at verse 1 of Isaiah 44.1. He says, But now listen. Now listen. O Jacob, my servant. It's like God's saying, Hey! Over here! I am over here! Can you not see me? Can you not hear me? Listen, O Jacob! Now as a parent, there's a certain tone of voice I use when I want to get my kids' attention. And it's not always, honestly, doesn't have anything to do with volume. In fact, parenthetically, I just want to say this. If you're a parent and you're always yelling at your kids, you realize that eventually they tune you out. If it's always you kids, it's like this, this roar that just stays there all the time that eventually you get used to the sound. So, We have to be sometimes strategic. I'm strategic with my tone of voice. I'm strategic with how I use my vocabulary. And one thing that doesn't work anymore is the whole one, two, three. Kids tune that out too. The countdown does not work long term. But there's a certain tone of voice I use. There's a certain set of vocabulary that I use when I want to get 
my kids' attention. It says, Daddy's talking now, and he means business. Listen up. Pay attention. That's exactly what God was trying to say here. Look again at verse 1. It says, the, the, it says this, Listen, O Jacob, whom I have chosen. Go, excuse me, go to verse 2. This is what the Lord says. You see that phrase in verse 2? This is what the Lord says. In the New King James, in more traditional translation, it says, Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. It's all of a sudden, God is changing the tone of His voice. And He's saying, Listen! Listen up here! Thus saith the Lord. Dad's talking right now. And Dad has something to say. Have you ever heard the term, I brought you into the world, boy, and I can take you out? Well, with God, that's a reality. Because He is our Creator. And it says there, He who formed you in the womb. Listen. See, a lot of times, we try to ignore God. And we don't listen to Him. And we don't pay attention. Because we think, in our immaturity, that all He's going to do is demand something else from us. Another obligation. Another check to write. Another habit to break. But do you see where God is going with this? He's, well, do you see what He's trying to say? I want you to write down number one. This is what God's saying. The help of God says this. God wants your attention to help you. That's why God's trying to get your attention. He's not trying to get your attention. He's not saying, over here, look at me. He's not saying that because He wants to condemn you. And He's not saying that just because He wants to make life harder. He wants to help you. He is trying to get your attention. Now listen, O Jacob. Now listen, my people. This is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. Thus saith the Lord. The tone, my tone is changing. I want your attention right now because I want to help you. An organization that I was a part of as a high school student and then three separate occasions as a leader is called Young Life. Young Life's big in Texas and in the West. And not, not quite as big here in Middle Tennessee, but it's a parachurch organization that targets non-Christian high school students and tries to lead them to Christ and partner with local churches. One of the things I learned from being involved in Young Life is they had an incredible phrase when it came to dealing with students. And the phrase was this, you have to earn the right to be heard. You have to earn the right to be heard. And you know this is true also, that if you don't have a relationship with someone, they're not going to listen to you. You have to have a relationship with someone for them to actually listen to you. That's exactly why God, in verse 2, appeals to the most intimate relationship possible. That is that of a good mother, a good mother who has a child in her womb. A good mother who takes care of that child in her womb. That is the most secure place we can ever be. Where we're perfectly fed, perfectly secure. And look what God says in verse 2. He says, He who formed you in the womb, He who formed you in the womb, God said that place of security, that place of safety, that place where you are more secure than you ever have been and ever will be, God was with you in that place. And in fact, 
He originated that. He created you. And He placed you in the womb. The place of security. So here it is, God saying, Hey, listen! Pay attention! This is what I say. Thus saith the Lord. He, I am the one who created you. I was with you in your mother's womb. He is giving God, not that He needs to do this, but He's giving His moral authority. And He says, I will help you. Not, I might help you. Not, I can help you if I want to. He says, I will help you. That is His desire, is for Him to bring His help. And for that help, for us to rely on that. Here's what the God is trying to get your attention this morning. Because you understand here, at this service at 11.15, that started at 11.15, that God is using this service, and He's using the songs, and He's using this message, and He's using the fellowship that you're experiencing with other Christians because He's saying, I'm trying to get your attention because I want to help you. The God who wants to help you is giving you no reason to fear. There's no reason to fear because God truly wants to help you. Now, I did something that I'm not so proud proud of, but I'm just going to share with you because I'm among friends this morning. I've been accused of not being the best driver I don't need any amens or anything like that, but that's just something I've been accused of. And, and a friend of mine, my best friend one time, told me something that tried to help me. He said, Aaron, you know, your problem with driving is you're such a deep thinker, sometimes you just lose track of what you're doing. So I don't know if that's true or not, but it's helped me a little bit. But I carry very valuable cargo, uh, a six-year-old, seven-year-old, and nine-year-old, and a beautiful wife. One day I was pulling in my driveway and was there in the van and, and I put the car in park and I jumped out and I was ready to, to go into the house. My kids are old enough to get themselves out. And as I jump out of the car, I look back and the van begins to roll backwards. And in that moment, have you ever heard of the term deer in the headlights? Me and Beth had this long gaze at each other and we froze. And we just looked at each other and here my wife was three feet away from the brake pedal and she froze and didn't do anything. And so I'm watching my family roll backwards in a van and thank the Lord at this point that I had my sprinter speed. I pulled the Usain Bolt and I ran towards the van and I opened the van and I got my right foot in the van and I got it to the brake. But the problem is I left my left foot out of the van. And so here it was, as the van's moving backwards, I'm limping with the van. And, and until we finally stopped in the middle of the street, and thank God nothing happened, and we survived all of that. But I tell that story because it reminds me of something that happens to us when we are in danger. When we're in danger, most of the time, we freeze. Now the self-defense industry, they they like to say that there's, only two things that happen. They like to say that when you're in danger, you either fight or you flight or flee. Fight or flee. What happens is, is our sympathetic nervous system takes over. And we're not actually operating out of our mind. We're actually operating out of our instincts. And the self-defense industry and the movies we watch like to think that we're either going to really fight and be tough or we're going to be extra fast. 
But the truth is there's a third thing that happens besides fight or flee. And that is freeze. The truth is this, in about 88% of assaults, people freeze. And they, they literally can't do anything. Sometimes people who have been violently assaulted can have unnecessary guilt because they're frozen during that assault. And they shouldn't because it's just a natural response that happens. Can I remind you of something? That your life is under assault. The enemy of your soul who wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life is assaulting you spiritually. And he wants you to fail. He wants you to be destroyed. And he is violent and he is ruthless. And he will destroy every aspect of your life if you let him. And many of us we're under assault, but we're frozen. We can't even move because we are so paralyzed with fear from the enemy that we can't even move. Can I remind you of something today? Can I remind you there is a God who wants to help you. He doesn't want you to live in fear. Here's the truth. Every single one of us have emotions of fear. Every single... I. I'm fearful on a regular occasion. I feel the emotions of fear. It's not wrong to feel fear. But what we cannot do as believers, we cannot stay in fear. We cannot dwell in fear. Because when we do that, we limit the God we serve. We serve an all-powerful God. A God who is no limit on His power, who wants to help us. So if God is all-powerful and He wants to help us, why should we fear? Write down number two. Number two is you limit God's help when you choose fear. Like, like I already said, choose to dwell in fear. Look again at verse 2. Verse 2 says this, This is what the Lord says. He who made you, who formed you from the womb, and who will help you. Do not be afraid, O Jacob, my servant. Do not be afraid. Do not stay in fear. The only reason God has to tell people not to be afraid is because they felt afraid. He says, don't be afraid because I am going to help you. I am going to be there for you. I am going to be the one that is in your life. The God who wants to help you says, don't be afraid. I don't want you to fear today. He's here to help you. You know, one of the things that I appreciate so much as a parent, as a hopefully a leader in the community, as a pastor, as a citizen here in Sumner County, is I thank God for our school teachers. Do you agree with me? Can you just say, are we not thankful for our school teachers? And, and we had this happen several times in the 930 service, but can you just do me a favor? If you are currently a school teacher... Would you please stand up if there's anyone in here? If you're currently a school teacher, thank you, Ms. McCree. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Can we give a big hand of thanks to these school teachers? Can I tell you, I come from a, a family of school teachers. And to be a school teacher is a calling. Whether it's a public school, private school, for those of you who have chosen homeschooling, to be a teacher is a calling from God. You're making personal sacrifices, but you are making our society better. 
You're making our community better. That's one of the reasons we have a program here at the Church of Indian Lake called the HAT program. It stands for Honor a Teacher. Pastor Kim Driver, she leads this ministry, our Compassion Ministries, and this is, this is something that God has laid on her heart. And we're going to start that program again in August. So you'll be hearing more about that. But thank you, teachers. We need to pray for our teachers. We need to honor them because they do a great job. One of the things a good teacher does is a good teacher doesn't give a test that counts. They might give a pop quiz or a preparatory test, but they don't give a test that counts unless they prepared their students. A good teacher would never want their students to fail just to make them look better. No, a good teacher tutors and prepares and has a process so that when the test that really count comes, their students will pass the test and be successful. Can I tell you, some of you today have been through some very, very tough tests. You might be in the middle of a test right now. You might have just come out of a test. You might be just feeling in your heart and spirit that you're entering a test. And I don't know what that feels like for you. I can't say from here from this stage today that I know exactly how you feel and how difficult the test is and how challenging the test is, but I can say today with certainty that you have a teacher and you have a helper that's preparing you for this test. John 14:26 says it this way, says, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, will teach you all things, and I will remind you of everything I have said to you. You have a teacher. You have a counselor. You have someone who is preparing you for the test. So the test may be difficult, and the test may be hard, but you will pass the test. And you won't just get by, you will ace the test. You will come out victoriously because you have a God who's here to help you. He God who wants to help you. There's no test in your life that's too challenging for you to succeed because you have a helper, and that is the Holy Spirit. See, in verse 3, God said something incredible through Isaiah. He said this that in Isaiah 44, 3. Look, look there with me. It says, For I will pour out water. I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. And I will pour out My Spirit on your offspring and My blessing on your descendant. What is the help of the Lord? What is the help of the Lord? You know, it's easy to say, well, is the help of the Lord going to be an unexpected check in the mail? Is the help of the Lord going to be a promotion? Is the help of the Lord going to be a mentor? Is that what the help of the Lord is? No. The help of the Lord is the Holy Spirit. He is the help. Now, it might be that those things might come to your life. And those things might manifest in your life, the things that I just mentioned. But you don't have to wonder this morning. You don't have to think, will God really help me? Because God desires to help you and He's already decided to help you by sending His Holy Spirit. I want you to write down the third thing. The third thing is this. God provides His Spirit as your help. God provides His Spirit as your help. The Holy Spirit will 
help you. He is here to help you. And in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is, is an analogy for that is water. God talks about water. The water of the Holy Spirit. Read verse 3 again with me. Look there. It says this, I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out My Spirit on your offspring and My blessing to your descendants. I want you to stand with me right now. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. You're getting our attention this morning. Lord, You are getting our attention this morning. Because, Lord, You are qualified. You are our Creator. You are with us in our most secure place. Lord, You're with us right now. The Lord is just reminding you this morning that everything you need, the help you need, He's already poured out. Inside of you dwells the Holy Spirit of God. Some of you who are believers, you say, Aaron, you don't understand inside of me is sin. Inside of me are bad thoughts. Inside of me are, are perpetual habits that I can't break. I understand that. But also, if you believe in Jesus and have put your faith in Him, inside of you is the Holy Spirit of God. And if you begin to focus on Him, all of a sudden, the sin in your life will be erased. That today, you can repent of your sin. That He will cleanse you. And the Spirit of God within you will begin to to rule and to reign. It's already in you. The help is already here. The Spirit of God is what will help you advance your career. The Spirit of God is what will help you save your marriage. The Spirit of God that will help you have the breakthrough you need. It's His Spirit that has caused the help to come. God will help you. Now I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine in your mind right now a barren land. A land that's dusty where the ground is cracked. Where there's no vegetation and there's no life. The air is dry. So some of you That's how you feel spiritually. Some of you, that's how you feel emotionally. Things are dry in your life. Things are dry. Can I tell you, there's a rain and there's a stream. There's a flood. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God. See, the Holy Spirit is not someone that we just read about a long time ago. The Holy Spirit doesn't belong just in in a historical context. The Holy Spirit is not something that we just debate over a cup of coffee. It's not something in a theology book. It's a reality. He is real. And He is here among you. He is here to bring you help. The help of the Lord is here. Some of your life, some of you, your life feels like an algebra problem right now that you can't solve. You can look at it. You can block out time to work on it. You could analyze it, study it, but you have no idea how to solve the problem. No idea. As much as attention you try to give to that problem, you can't solve it. You have a teacher. Can I tell you that? You have a tutor. The Holy Spirit. He's going to start making things, have things make sense in your life. He's going to lead you. He's going to cause life to come. The topography of your life is going to change (laughs) to something dry and, and horrible and unappealing. This has been a Church at Indian Lake podcast. Be sure to check out IndianLakeChurch.com for all updated news and information. 